Chapter 35, Part 1 of The Wonderful Adventures of Nils by Selma Lagerlof, translated by Velma Swanston Howard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gerald Moe, Tucker, Georgia. With the Laplanders. One afternoon in July, it rained frightfully up around Lake Luosatuare. The Laplanders, who lived mostly in the open during the summer, had crawled under the tent and were squatting round the fire drinking coffee. The new settlers on the east shore of the lake worked diligently to have their homes in readiness before the severe Arctic winter set in. They wondered at the Laplanders, who had lived in the far north for centuries, without even thinking that better protection was needed against cold and storm than thin tent covering. The Laplanders, on the other hand, wondered at the new settlers giving themselves so much needless hard work when nothing more was necessary to live comfortably than a few reindeer and a tent. They only had to drive the poles into the ground and spread the covers over them, and their abodes were ready. They did not have to trouble themselves about decorating or furnishing. The principal thing was to scatter some spruce twigs on the floor, spread a few skins, and hang the big kettle in which they cooked their reindeer meat on a chain suspended from the top of the tent poles. While the Laplanders were chatting over their coffee cups, a rowboat coming from the Karuna side pulled ashore at the Lap's quarters. A workman and a young girl, between thirteen and fourteen, stepped from the boat. The girl was Osa. The Lap dogs bounded down to them, barking loudly, and a native poked his head out of the tent opening to see what was going on. He was glad when he saw the workman, for he was a friend of the Laplanders, a kindly and sociable man who could speak their native tongue. The Lap called to him to crawl under the tent. "'You're just in time, Soderberg,' he said. "'The coffee-pot is on the fire. No one can do any work in this rain, so come in and tell us the news.' The workman went in, and with much ado and amid a great deal of laughter and joking, places were made for Soderberg and Osa, though the tent was already crowded to the limit with natives. Osa understood none of the conversation. She sat dumb and looked in wonderment at the kettle and coffee-pot, at the fire and smoke, at the lap men and lap women, at the children and dogs, the walls and floor, the coffee-cups and tobacco-pipes, the multicolored costumes and crude implements. All this was new to her. Suddenly she lowered her glance, conscious that everyone in the tent was looking at her. Soderberg must have said something about her, for now both lap men and lap women took the short pipes from their mouths and stared at her in open-eyed wonder and awe. The Laplander at her side patted her shoulder and nodded, saying in Swedish, Bra, bra, good, good. A Lap woman filled a cup to the brim with coffee and passed it under difficulties, while a Lap boy, who was about her own age, wriggled and crawled between the squatters over to her. 
Osa felt that Soderberg was telling the Laplanders that she had just buried her little brother Mats. She wished he would find out about her father instead. The elf had said that he lived with the Laps, who camped west of Lake Luosajuare, and she had begged leave to ride up on a sand truck to seek him, as no regular passenger trains came so far. Both laborers and foremen had assisted her as best they could. An engineer had sent Soderberg across the lake with her as he spoke Lapish. She had hoped to meet her father as soon as she arrived. Her glance wandered anxiously from face to face, but she saw only natives. Her father was not there. She noticed that the Laps and the Swede, Soderberg, grew more and more earnest as they talked among themselves. The Laps shook their heads and tapped their foreheads, as if they were speaking of someone that was not quite right in his mind. She became so uneasy that she could no longer endure the suspense, and asked Soderberg what the Laplanders knew of her father. They say he has gone fishing, said the workman. They're not sure that he can get back to the camp tonight, but as soon as the weather clears, one of them will go in search of him. Thereupon he turned to the Laps and went on talking to them. He did not wish to give Osa an opportunity to question him further about John Esserson. End of Chapter 35, Part 1 Recording by Gerald Moe, Tucker, Georgia